Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we read a double parasha. We, we read Parasha Hukas and we read Parasha Balak. When these two parashas are read together, the Haftara that is read uh, on Saturday is the Haftara of Parashas Balak. What is a Haftara? Haftara are prophecies of, uh, prophecies of our prophets and um, they usually, the theme of the, of the Haftara usually is coincident, coincidental, no? But it's, uh, it, it, it flows with the parasha. It has the same meaning as the parasha and it has to do with the prophecies. So we know that in parasha Balak, Balak was a Moabite king and this, uh, this king of Moab, he was very worried because he saw that the Jewish people were approaching his camp, his, his, his kingdom. Uh, they, were in their, they were on their way to enter the land of Israel. And they had heard how these, uh, the Jewish people had fought so many wars against the Edomites and the other kings and how they had become so victorious. Uh, fighting this war. So he was very worried and he hired um, this soothsayer, this prophet called Balaam. And Balaam was um, a parallel prophet to Moshe Rabbeinu. One was from the side of good and the other one was from the side of evil. So Balaam when he was approached by the, by the messengers that Balak sent to him, he said to them, like, I cannot uh, curse the Jewish people if God doesn't allow me to do it. I can only do what Hashem allows me to do. So every time that he went up and he looked at the Jewish people and he wanted to, to curse them, only brahas, only blessings came out of his mouth. And Hashem put these blessings in his, in his mouth. The interesting thing is that the, 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 the blessings that came out of his mouth are prophetic uh, blessings describing the times of Messiah. It's interesting to note that such a wicked person would be the one that would bring such beautiful blessings. So the, the, the Haftarah of Balak that we read this, uh, this Shabbat actually is a, is a Haftarah of Mika and it's all the prophecies of what's gonna be when Messiah comes and, and, uh, and it talks about the times of redemption. So the time before Messiah, uh, Messiah's identity will definitely be revealed in the world and be established is a very dark time for the world. It's a, it's a time of a lot of darkness, a lot of evil, we could say like we're cleaning the house. It's like a cleansing time. And uh, it feels very much like that right now with the COVID and all these uh, riots going on. And you know, you see like the, the, the goodness of the people it really is not goodness. Nothing, they, they wanna do good, but they at the end do bad. And this is what starts uh, coming out right before Messiah comes. It can be now, it can be in 200 years. I don't know when it was gonna be. It, the lifespan of this world as we know it is 6,000 years. And we're all already in the year 5,780. So we could say that we have, um, we have a 
5,780, we have 220 more years to go. So it can be at any moment. And so, but what it's interesting is that the Haftarah starts talking to us about, um, about what's gonna be before the, uh, the coming of, of this era. So it says that, um, that there, there's gonna be a complete waging of wars that's gonna transform the nations so that they serve God with a single purpose. So the whole transformation of the times of Messiah is that the whole world will be able to serve God. We're gonna be able to see God everywhere. And uh, the Haftorah, by contrast, speaks about how Messiah will be the process, it's a process, of waging wars against the nations as it's written. The, rem the remnant of Jacob will be in the midst of the nations, the lion among the animals of the forest who tramples and prays. So, so moreover, not only will the era that the Haftarah describes uh, will involve a lot of conflict with the external evil and that's why it says that we're going to be waging wars against the other nations israel is going to be waging wars against the other nations and we see how the whole world is against israel uh, right now we have um, a government here that is very pro-israel but we see that the the the, the left of the country is very anti-israel they, they they're very much against israel so there's gonna be a play here and, uh, and there's also going to be internal evil amongst Jewish people. There's also going to be wars fought amongst us. And that's very sad. Um, you know that the second temple was destroyed because there was Sinat Hinam, which is baseless hatred. The, 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 the Messiah will come when there is baseless love. So it is a whole transformation. It's something that's it's a process. So what we're seeing today, what we're experiencing really is a process. It's God sent. It's something that we have to live through. Uh, either we blind ourselves and we don't see the, the, the reality of it, or we can be part of the process and we can be part of the solution in this world. We can connect ourselves to Hashem, be a light up amongst the nations, live a Jewish life with Torah and mitzvot, and this will bring the ultimate redemption um, very easily. So it says here that, the, that the, there's also going to be internal war amongst the Jewish people. As the, as the prophecy says, I will cut away witchcraft from the hand, uh, and I will cut away your idols, I will uproot your uh, aseda trees. So this implies that the evil will be so powerful that it will be necessary for this to be, a, to be an assistance from above uh, to be able to eliminate this evil. And the aseda tree is a tree that was used in the olden times as, uh, as an idol. It was, they, they prayed to this tree. So that's why it says it has to be uprooted. Uh, today, we have other idols. We idol money, we idol worship money, we idol worship the material world, the excess of the world, and the food, the, the body, the, the, you know. The, so there's different idols and it says that it will be a, we will be able to uproot them with the aid of God. It has to come with, with, a, with help from above. So, so the Haftorah speaks about the time at the beginning of the redemption 
when the last preparations for the complete redemption will take place. So it's a process. It's not something that Messiah will come in one day and that's it. It's a whole process and we're living it right now. This is a pre-Messiah times. And so similarly, the Torah reading of uh, Parashah Balak speaks of the comparable phase in history the time directly before the Jewish people entered the land of Israel uh, for the first time. The Jews were in the plains of Moab, across the, uh, the Jericho, the Jordan Valley, ready to enter the land of Israel. And this resembles the state of the Jewish people before entering Israel at the time of the ultimate redemption. So in particular, the connection is apparent according to the well-known concept that had the Jews not sinned, the ultimate redemption would have come when they first entered the land of Israel. So the Jewish people, they sinned before entering the land of Israel with the, with the episode of the Moabite princesses and with the episode of the spies. Because of this, the redemption at that moment didn't occur. So the preparation for the redemption is stated at the beginning of this Haftarah, not to hope from man, nor expect from a mortal. Even though the Haftarah is speaking about a phase before the redemption in which it blossoms into complete fulfillment, still we will no longer have to rely on mortals nor depend on them. For our sukkah implied is that we will not even rely on our fellow Jew as it's written. Cursed is the human who trusts in man. Man refers to Jews as, as our sages state. So you are called man, instead we will rely on God, as it is written, blessed be the man who puts his faith in God. So we are coming to a moment in our lives in which really, I imagine most of you at this point, you, you, you look up and you say, okay, Hashem, whatever you want, like I have no control over my life anymore. Like we've been quarantining since March, uh, people are stuck home, maybe the, the world is opening up, but life hasn't come back as normal as we're, we were used to having life. We're going out with masks, with certain precautions, and, um, and we come to, to, to recognize that really our lives are in the hands of Hashem, and that He's the only one that we have to look up to. That there's no, no intelligence in the world that can protect us. We see that this new virus, this new COVID uh, coronavirus, how much do we know about it? Maybe the last four months we've learned to treat it better, uh, see the signs better, test better. But in reality, there's not a lot that we know about it, not even the most intelligent people in the world. And we come to realize like we really, we're in the hands of Hashem. So since the verse speaks about a time at the beginning of the redemption, we can assume that the, the charge not to rely on man is not intended merely to negate a forbidden course of conduct on that runs contrary to, to the Torah guideline. Cursed is the human who trusts in man. Instead, it teaches us to rise above reliance on man, even in a manner permitted by the Torah. For in that era, this will not be necessary. So what it's saying is, that our, our belief has to be in Hashem. Our trust has to be in, in Hashem, not in men. But men are sent through Hashem to be able to help us in our lives. Like sometimes you, you get sick, God forbid, you have to go to a doctor, the doctor is going to take care of you. So this is our messengers of Hashem that He puts on in, your, in your life to be able to help you. But the reliance has to come from you to Hashem. That 
not the doctor is the one that's healing you. He's a messenger from God that gives you, that is the vessel to bring you healing. But the healing really comes from God. So it is written, and God your Lord will bless you in everything that you do. And this is commenting on the verse uh, that Sifri asked, shall one sit idle? So it's saying, okay, if everything comes from God, so why do I have to work? Why do I have to go to the doctor? Why do I have to do my part? Like if I can sit home and just wait for Hashem to send the miracle. But the Torah teaches in every and everything that you do, for according to the Torah, it is necessary to make a vessel, to make a medium, for the natural order. So what does this mean? It means that Hashem, He created a world in which He really hid Himself in nature. He created a natural order in the world. That's why we should not rely on miracles. We believe in miracles. We know that everything is a miracle, but we don't rely on miracles. We don't sit down and wait for the miracle to just happen. What the the Torah teaches us and Hashem's wisdom and will are is that we should work to earn a living. We should, if God forbid, someone doesn't feel well, he should go to the doctor. If, um, If you need food in your house, you need to go to the supermarket. Like You need to live a natural existence. This is the way the world was fashioned. So Hashem can hide in it. So you can have free will. But we don't rely on it. It's not like if Publix is closed, then I'm going to be hungry. I won't have food in my fridge. You know? Okay, maybe the supermarket closed for a month. But you know what? There's other ways that you can get food. I remember at the beginning of this um, pandemic that the... The Instacarts and everything, they were very complicated. Everything was very complicated until it got running. I remember suddenly these ladies appeared that they brought vegetables from from Weston, from, um, I'm sorry, from Homestead in Florida. They brought uh, homegrown vegetables. So we never went hungry. We always had who to call, who to bring. And this is the way Hashem provides. You think it comes from a natural order. But in reality, the natural order is just a a vessel, it's a medium for Hashem to be able to bring the the blessing to you. So the verse, cursed is the human who trusts in man, does not represent a contradiction to the above. It's not telling you don't be grateful for what another person does for you. What it's saying is that we should make a medium in the natural order. We do not rely on the natural order as it exists in its own right hoping for man to be the salvation of the world. Um, Instead, one trusts in Hashem and believes that He will help him through the mediums that He has prepared within the natural order. So, this represents the, the new development that will come in the time of redemption. This is what we're experiencing right now, all of us. We're seeing that Hashem runs the world. At the, at the end of the day, He's the one that provides. You get the lady that brings the vegetables from a homestead, or the, you get the Instacart, and you just, in your phone, there's an app, you order, they bring it to you. It's amazing. And you think this is how the world runs, but in reality, it's Hashem's fashioning the world in this way. So you, you can come to appreciate that Hashem is the, the sole provider. He's, under, he's behind the scenes. And we should never rely that Instacart is the one that provides for us, that the credit card is the one that pays for us. You know, they're all means to be able for us to be able to receive the blessings from God. 
but in reality the blessing comes from Hashem. So it says here, like do from God, like do from God, which does not come to the world through mortal efforts, nor does man uh, request it. We, we don't ask Hashem to send do, but nevertheless the do falls in the, in the, in the world and it's what makes the, 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 the ground be fresh and the, and the, and the trees grow and the, and, the, um, and the fields grow and it allows us to have bounty in the world. So similarly Israel, Israel will not rely on assistance from man but from God. And so in this vein, Hasidut teaches us, or interprets this verse, as the Rebbe Lubavitch teaches us, it is preferable to rely on God than to trust in man. Always trusting Hashem. The, the only, the only trusting Hashem. There's nothing else but God. So as teaching that trusting man is permitted by the Torah. It is, however, preferable to rely on God. So trusting in man refers, when it says trust in man, it refers not only to man on the earthly plane, but also to the sublime man who is God's image. So the divine energy that fills all the worlds um, from the perspective of this level of spirituality, man must endeavor to make a medium within the natural order on which God's blessings will rest. And so this is what it means uh, that we trust in man, that man should be a, a person that goes and creates the vessel. We, we trust that man will do this so the blessing can come down and uh, God will provide the medium. Not only the man creates the vessel, but Hashem provides him the vessel. So for example, if a person needs to earn money, like a person wants to work and he wants to earn money, he needs to look for a job, right? This is what he has to do. So he's going to go and he's going to look for a job. But who provides the, 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 the job? Who gives him the job? Hashem. Hashem is the one that gives him the job. So the ultimate intent is not for the natural order to be nullified, but for it to be refined and elevated. Uh, the, the, we are not meant to destroy the natural order. This is not uh, God's uh, intention. We have to refine the natural order. We have to be able to see who runs the world, who runs the, the green, the trees, the oceans, the, 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 the hurricane, the volcano. All these things are, come from Hashem. So with regard to the concept at hand, not to hope in man, the intent is not to negate the help of a person. God forbid, a Jew, a Jew should always have hakaras hatov. He should always be grateful for the things that other people give him because people do things for, one, for, you, for you. But in reality, they are messengers from Hashem. They're, they're doing Hashem's part in this world, even if they don't even know about it. If he's not going to do it, then someone else is going to do it for you. You know, that's why they say that when you have the opportunity to do a mitzvah, run and do the mitzvah. Don't lose the opportunity because it's an opportunity. And if you don't do it, someone else will get the mitzvah. It's not something that's going to be lost. It's lost for you, but it's not going to be lost to the world. So, so it says here that, uh, that the natural order should be so totally permeated 
with God's oneness that we see the help that man offers, not as a help from man, but only as a help from God. So you see that Hashem is the one that provides. You know, I remember a few, like a year ago, I was with my granddaughter in New York, uh, trying to get her a jacket for the summer. It was a little chilly. It's still there. In New York, the, the, the weather doesn't become warm, warm until like late July. And uh, I couldn't find it anywhere. But the thing is that there was one of those uh, ice cream trucks in the street. And I got her uh, an ice cream cone, a kosher ice cream cone. And um, we sat in a bench in the middle of Broadway. And suddenly the whole thing was melting on her hand everywhere. And I had nothing to clean her with. And out of nowhere, this lady walked right to us and gave us a, a whole pack of, of, of napkins. So you see, this is someone that Hashem gave me. Hashem gave me the napkins. Yeah, the lady did something beautiful. I don't know if she was an angel or something. She was a medium for me to get those napkins. But the one that really gave me the napkins was Hashem. So this is the way that we, we should start looking at the world. That everything that comes to you comes from God. Everything. The, the good and even the things that we don't perceive as good. They're good also. But everything comes from God. And that every person that comes to help you out in your life, Hashem sent them to help you. So, um, to explain the acts within the natural order that one employs as a medium can be conceived in two different ways. So, one way is that one knows that the natural order in, uh, in and of itself is of no significance. Like, it's un it has no significance at all. It is merely an axe in the hands of the chopper. So you know, the, the, uh, the, the, the wood chopper, the trees, when you're chopping the trees, the trees, what do they see? The axe. But they don't realize that there's someone that's holding that axe and it's cutting the trees. So the same way one, one can see the natural order as the axe in the hand of the wood chopper. Like you say, okay. It's a coincidence, this happened, it's a coincidence, or you see like, yes, I, I, I make good money this month because the, the, the Wall Street, the, the, the market went up, and thank, thank God I make money because the market went up. You can even say thank God. But who made the market go up? Who manages that thing? It's not the guy that's uh, running your 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 what you're putting to the market, it is Hashem. So nevertheless, since God commanded a person, uh, that a person act and make a medium for success, Hashem commands us to do the vessel, to make do something for the blessing to come down with the natural order. He considers the natural order insignificant, uh, order significant. He does not consider the natural order important in its own right. So, but nevertheless, since God has commanded that it be employed, he grants it a certain measure of importance. So, yeah, he understands that there's a natural order. He understands that Hashem gives you the blessing and that you have to create the, 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 the vessel. You have to create the, the keili for, in order to get the blessing. So, he gives importance to the, to, the, to the vessel. He does give importance to it. So the second one is he acts within the context of the natural order only because God commanded him to, 
to do it. So this is a higher level. This is a person that yes, he is gonna create the vessel. He's gonna go and learn to be a doctor and because he needs, the, he, he was born to be a doctor and he's gonna go to college and he's gonna give 10 years of his life to be able to become a good practitioner. And eventually this is gonna feed his family and, and, and be able to have a productive life and be able to give tzedakah and, and give to his community. Wonderful. But this person it recognizes that what he's doing is Hashem's will. I'm doing this because this is what God wants me to do. It's very different. The first person, he, yes, he recognizes that Hashem asked him to, to create the vessel to bring the braha. But he does not do it because this is God's will. He does it because this is the way of the world. But this is not what Hashem wants from him. So this is two very different ways of experiencing life. And uh, the second one, this is explanation that our sages interpret of that phrase, the faith of your times. They say the faith refers to the order of agricultural laws. One believes in the eternal life and sows. So, for example, sowing grain is a natural act. It's something from the natural order. So peep the, the agriculture, uh, the farmer will plant the seeds and he'll water the land and he knows that these seeds are going to give fruit. It's the natural order. But nevertheless, even if he doesn't plant the seeds, if the, if the tree, the, the seeds fall from the tree and they go under the ground and it rains, it's also going to give him fruit trees. So, so what we see here is that even if a kernel of grain falls into the ground without being planted by man, the nature of earth is to cause it to grow. In this, this nature is so much part of the world that it is written, the time of seeding and the time of har harvest will not cease. Nevertheless, a Jew does not consider this natural pat pattern as important. He does not sow because according to, to, to nature, this will lead to growth of his crops. Instead, he truly believes in the eternal life and souls. He does it because he believes in Hashem. And this is the way of God. That's why he does it. Even if he wouldn't plant it, he knows that it's gonna, something's going to come out of the ground because it's the nature of the ground. But he plants because Hashem asked him to create a vessel. It is Hashem's will. He wants him to plant. So, so the difference between these two approaches goes beyond the manner and the extent to which uh, uh, trust in God is felt. The two approaches lead to a difference in one's... In one's um, actual conduct in thought, speech, and action. So when a person considers the medium that he makes for God, uh, for God's blessing as significant, he views the medium and the Torah and its mitzvahs as two different subjects. He doesn't see it as one thing. Thus, it is possible that he will feel a conflict between his involvement in Torah and mitzvot and the activities mandated to him uh, from Hashem. So, for example, a person, he won't pray in a calm way, and lengthy way, because maybe he was going to lose some business that day. So he prays very fast because he needs to get to his office at 9, 9 a.m. So if he gives generally to tzedakah, maybe he feels, oh, if I give so much, maybe I'm going to be lacking for myself. So he will thus find himself in a constant struggle. And this is a person that doesn't have a good bitahon, doesn't have good trust in Hashem. But then you have the other person that understands that Hashem 
If he wants to give him the business, he'll give it to him. Even if he comes to the office at 10 o'clock in the morning, he's going to give it to him. It's not in his hands. He has to do what he has to do because this is what Hashem wants him to do. But he's not going to compromise his, um, his, uh, his trust in God and his, and, and his, and his uh, service to Hashem because um, maybe I'm going to lose this business or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be late to work and I'm going to lose my job. He's a responsible person, obviously, but, uh, but he understands that whatever he gets is what Hashem has in store for him. So these are the approaches of looking at the world. This is what this whole world is teaching us right now. These lessons that we're having right now, big lessons with the pandemic and with the, and with the, um, and with the, the world being upside down and so many people so, so angry, people are angry and they're, they're, they're doing not good things and there's so much evil in the world that we see that we're coming to a moment of, uh, of change in the world. We're really shedding the skin. It's painful. It's like when a snake is shedding its skin uh, or the lobster is when it grows he has to get rid of that carcass he has and then he has to grow a new one and that's what we're going through right now we're growing and and, and growth hurts but eventually this growth is taking us to a to a better place it's taking us to the to the redemption to what Hashem really wants and um, so the, the 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 redemption really we can be living it right now um, in an individual level you can be living a Mashiach times right now if you have the right attitude, if you connect to the right outlet. And, um, and at the end of the day, we should see that these are times uh, of preparation of, of what's going to come to us. And uh, may Hashem send Mashiach now. It should be easy and smooth for us. And uh, we should come to the day which we only know peace, we only know Shabbat, um, and the rest for the life, uh, that it should be a, 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 an eternal peace for everybody. And um, so I wish you a blessed week, and remember, live a little higher. Thank you.